1: Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Brinkinridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR.
0: All right, I want to shift gears. I want to talk about some some new research uh, also published this week. Uh, This research out of the University of of Calgary. And, you know, there may be some connection at a deeper level here because this explores stress. And obviously, I mean, stress can can lead to, to other issues. And so this might actually change our understanding of, of stress. And in fact, it finds that, uh, at least in, in involving research on mice, is that stress can be contagious. So an understanding what what ha- was happening in the brain when we undergo stress, uh, obviously that's very important. Uh, so this was published uh, in the journal Nature Neuroscience. Uh, joining us to talk more about the research is uh, J.D. Baines. Is professor of the Cummings School of Medicine at the University of Calgary. Dr. Baines, uh, great to have you with us here. So as we attempt to understand your findings here, let's talk about, first of all, I mean, when we talk about stress, what does that mean in a scientific context?
1: Well, uh, in a scientific context, what stress means is, um, you know, your, your response, uh, your brain's response to a, to a challenge. So that can be something... Uh, you know, a, a way that we respond, for example, release adrenaline to get through life's day-to-day challenges, but can also mean something that's a little bit more long-lasting and something that has, uh, uh, you know, consequences that persist beyond the stress, and that's really what we were interested in thinking about.
0: Okay, so when when humans experience stress, what, what kind of a chemical reaction is occurring?
1: So um, there's a very specific circuit or clusters of cells in your brain that respond or turn on when you experience the stress, uh, noradrenaline or adrenaline is one of the main kind of chemical signals we think about a lot. Uh, and then your body releases um, glucocorticoids or steroid hormones to help uh, get your body ready, uh, prepare it for stress.
0: So what this study alludes to, though, is, is the idea that, I don't know if I'm, I'm standing right, here, but I mean, is stress contagious?
1: Right. That's absolutely correct. So the idea is this. The idea is that we transmit our stress to others. And that not only do we transmit the stress, but the way that the stress might change our brains for the long term, actually, the transmitted stress has the exact same effects on the brains of others that we transmit the stress to.
0: So how is it transmitted? How does that that work?
1: Um, So in this case, there's a a chemical signal or a pheromone uh, that we looked at that is used in the transmission. Um, But, you know, for humans, there's many other ways. We have really uh, very sophisticated ways of communicating our emotional state uh, through, uh, obviously, verbal language, visual cues, posture, uh, things like that.
0: This study looked at at mice. And what's interesting, too, is that there seems to be a difference here in in how male mice and, and female mice react.
1: Yeah, that's right. So, The transmission of the stress and the effects of stress on the brain of an unstressed individual are the same if it's male or female. What was really interesting is that the brain of the one that was stressed, if it was a female and they had a social interaction, the changes induced by stress were reversed. So, in other words, if you have partners around, if it's a female and you're stressed, Um, your partner's help to buffer the effects of stress and its long-term consequences on the brain.
0: And is this a change in our understanding, then, of of stress?
1: Yeah, I think um, the the big change is is part transmissibility of stress, but part of the consequences that a transmitted stress has, that the consequences potentially are very similar to an authentic stress.
0: Well, and also, I mean, if we can identify where it is and what's happening i mean is this something we can target is this something we can turn on and off
1: yeah i think this is one of the challenges is finding ways in a lab of course we can do this in in clever ways where we can engineer cells and turn them on and off with light and things like this but in humans that's going to be much more difficult so then once you can uh, figure out which areas of the brain are involved, then you can start to think about strategies, therapeutic strategies. And I'm not necessarily thinking just of pharmacology or drugs. I'm also thinking of different types of um, brain therapeutics, like stimulation strategies, or even uh, combined with behavioral uh, modifications.
0: So what are the further implications uh, from all of this, and, and where does the research go from here?
1: Yeah, I think there's a, this opens up an entire kind of new area of work for us as a lab. I think social neuroscience right now is just exploding in in general. It's uh, still a relatively new thing in trying to link social and behavior to specific circuits in the brain. Um, What we're interested in as a lab are two things. One is that um, people who suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, when they come back, let's say soldiers returning from war, they transmit that stress to others in their family. And others in the family begin to show symptoms later that are similar to PTSD, even though they never experienced the stress. And that was one of the motivators that got us into this study. And so the question is, what, do, what are the implications and how can we begin to reverse this? The second is that if stress signals are socially transmitted and kind of hardwired in our brains, Um, what does this mean for individuals who don't perceive social cues very well? So, for example, in individuals who suffer from social disorders or social anxiety, um, is there a a defect in the brain that we don't currently understand that might trip circuits that would respond to others?
0: That's quite fascinating. Uh, Professor Baines, uh, thanks so much for making some time for us here today. really appreciate this.
1: Yeah, my pleasure, Rob.
0: And So there you go. Uh, J.D. Baines, professor in the Cummings School of Medicine, University of Calgary, one of the co-authors of this study, appears this week in the journal Nature Neuroscience. Uh, so really changing understanding of, of stress and, and the impact it has on the brain, how it can be transmitted to other people, which is really quite fascinating. And also, you know, the tantalizing prospect that it's, it's something that could be targeted and, and controlled or even switched on and off at some point. Now, wouldn't that be something? Okay, when we come back after the 2.30 news, we'll have some more time for your calls and your texts, Got a few other stories to get to, uh, including a conversation with the production operations manager at Theater Calgary. This is getting a lot of conversation that they've uh, shifted. Not all of their washrooms, I believe four out of ten, if I'm not mistaken, but we'll get some clarification, uh, where they are now gender-neutral bathrooms. Now, there's a number of reasons for that, but one of them is, is practicality that it actually makes it easier for people to more quickly use the washroom and get back to their seats as opposed to having the, the long lineups that you might tend to see. So that's what, one of the reasons they've done it. But are people comfortable with this? So We'll get to that coming up after 2.30, Back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 12.30 on News Talk 770 Calgary.